Good afternoon. Happy New Year again. Okay, we're talking about looking forward. But before we look forward, I, I want to give you a, a status report on, on this church, on PPH. Uh, starting with attendance. Okay, this is the chart. So we have uh, the two English services. We have CA, the Chinese Assembly, YM, the Youth Ministry, TLG stands for Tulugu, our Indian Assembly that meets here in the evenings uh, at night, 8 p.m. And then we have total. So you can see that uh, there is kind of, if you look at the purple one, the, the overall numbers, there is steady growth, but what I would call slight growth. Slight as in 2% uh, from 2015 to 2016. And strangely enough, the, the growth is a little bit higher in the English Assembly and the Telugu Assembly, and our Chinese Assembly has dropped a little bit uh, last year. But whatever it is, is if you're talking about 2, 3, 4%, um, that kind of range, what I call slight growth. In terms of baptism, um, the trend over the last three years looks, looks encouraging. It's a nice trend. I like this kind of trend. And we had 39 baptized uh, last year. But one of the things I think we ought to be mindful of is that this church, although it's based here in, on this, uh, what we call a hill, but it's maybe a mound, um, we have an impact far beyond the shores of Singapore. So two weeks from now, we have a Mission Sunday, and I hope that uh, singing will be able to share uh, with all of us uh, what's happening uh, all around us, the, the kind of work that we have around the region. But for PPH, here we baptized 39 last year. Let's take a closer look at the demographic profile of uh, this church and, and what it might mean for us in the future. We start with cool. Uh, anybody know what cool stands for? Kids only once in life, okay? It was coined by Dre uh, uh, Miang, if you remember him. Uh, he's back from China, coined by him. So, um, cool would be like 0 to 12 years old. We have uh, 10 in the crash, uh, below 2 years old. Uh, then Todd's 45, and those uh, primary 1 to primary 6, 40. So, 95, about 100 in our children's ministry. In the youth, YM, also called Lao Gen, and I cannot remember what Lao means, <laughs> L-O-U-D, um, 36, not such a high number. And the 89% um, of the children in, of the youth, uh, that 36, are children of parents from within PPH. Okay? So we don't have such, uh, so many people from outside uh, PPH in our youth. Then we have the young adults, about 100. And then uh, adults, uh, adults is roughly, the, these are very rough numbers, the, um, the first service, uh, I think the first service typically is 250 uh, or so, but there are some youth who join them and all that. And then we have the SAF. Okay? Who knows what SAF stands for? If you say it's slow and forgetful, you'll be scolded. Okay? It's steadfast and faithful. Okay? So I have arbitrarily just uh, looked at above 60 years old. Okay? Above 60, and so we have about 70 people in that age group. You know, ideally, in any organization, what is, what is uh, the ideal uh, shape of uh, demographics? Ideal shape should be a pyramid, right? 
wide base, and then you grow. Maybe some people will leave you, and then as you grow on to the top, there'll be a smaller base on the top. It should be a pyramid, but ours is not a pyramid. Okay, it's, it's very funny shape. Uh, it's somewhat parallel, and then we have a very narrow waist uh, where the youth are, and it's, it's not ideal. Take a look at uh, how numbers are added to this church. So we do have converts, and the converts, some of them stay uh, with us. And let's take uh, a closer look at these converts. Huh? Uh, in uh, the year 2016, we have 41. So let's analyze this a little bit. Oh, sorry, back to this. Huh? So 2016, we had 41. 2015, we had 42. And, and these are the numbers over the last few years. So let's analyze a little bit. Um, so let's, I, I just take a look at last year, 2016. 39% of those who pray to receive Christ are from Teban Gardens. And um, 34% of those who pray to receive Christ with us are in the Chinese, or from the Chinese Assembly. So the, the majority are from the Chinese Assembly or from Teban Gardens. And, and from Teban Gardens, they're mostly in the Chinese Assembly. Uh, we had seven, thank God, from the youth. And it's a great start. And the rest are two to two. Okay, just uh, very, very small. I also took a look at, of those who pray to receive Christ, whether they are from Teban or anywhere, how many actually stay in PPH? Okay, the number ranges from over the last three years from 35% to 51%. So not everybody stays, okay? Some go to other churches, they follow their friends to other churches, and some go back to home country. Uh, many of the PRCs, uh, their children are here, so they come here and we witness to them, they receive Christ, then they go back to, to China, and some pass away. So, um, so 35 to 51% does not include those who pass away. And I think I should include those who pass away. After all, we send them there, right? <laughs> so, so those are the numbers, okay? You can say maybe 50%, 60% of those who pray to receive Christ day. Some leave us. Um, and this is very difficult data because some people will leave us for three months and then they come back two weeks and then they leave us. We don't see them for two years. Then they come back for six months, nine. Then they come back permanently. So very rough numbers I figure it's about 10 will, will leave us, whether on a permanent basis to another church or, or they simply drop out. So there are about, about 10. And, and this is where, particularly for this congregation, I want to tell you that I'm a very selfish pastor. Okay? For those of you getting married, okay, you must be a really loving husband, right? So that you will join your wife in PPH. Right? You get married, you must join your wife in PPH. And if you are the wife, you must be submissive and join your husband in PPH. Ah. Then we win and we win. Okay? This is the new rule for PPH going forward. But seriously, seriously, we, we need to make it difficult for people to leave PPH. Right? I mean, if you are so loved and you are so cared for in this church, how difficult is it for you to leave PPH unless you go to Sierra Leone or you go back to hometown with the ministry there, okay? Again, a new rule for PPH. Otherwise, don't leave, right? <laughs> so let's make it difficult for people to leave because they are just cared for here. But really, I, I don't know how many of you are, are even, you know, these figures strike you in, in, in any way because these are all macro, macro numbers. And, and we need to go beyond this, this macro feel to the individual, to you and I, 
how is this church meeting your needs? And how is this church helping you to be a disciple of Jesus Christ at your particular stage in life? Whether you are a young married or you're just struggling through PSLE or, or, or whatever as, as a, a new parent. How are we helping? And I want to introduce a key initiative this year, uh, which is called the Whole Life Inventory. It's a, it's a tool developed by Focus on, on the Family, and it's been implemented. Uh, uh, we are encouraging many churches to participate so that you can understand your church better. So it's an online tool, and I want to encourage all of us to participate when we come on board uh, 10th of February that you will be filling in a lot, answering a lot of questions and to, so that you can help uh, yourself as well, especially the leaders, to get a good assessment of the health of uh, PPH and its members at every life stage so, so that we can meet your needs better. And it covers five areas, faith, identity, relationship, sexuality, and values. So let me go through each one quickly in turn. On the faith, uh, it tries to make an assessment of your relationship with God. You will answer some questions online, uh, super confidential, and uh, we just get the aggregate numbers. How is your relationship with God? How do you experience faith at home? And, and that is like, apart from a fantastic worship service on a Sunday, what happens at home? And how is your faith working itself out at home? And how do members, how do you perceive church support for your faith at home, uh, other than just coming on, on Sundays. And then identity, uh, to what extent do members recognize and fulfill their purpose and calling in Christ? What is your calling? How influential is the family in discovering and fulfilling one's purpose and calling within your own family? And how does the church, church help in that? And the transition between every phase, from a student to a, a young adult to a working adult. And then in relationships, what is the quality of relationship between husband and wife? What is the quality of relationships between children and parents? And are members also experiencing good, close relationship within the church family? And then sexuality, how conducive are family environments and the church culture for developing healthy uh, sexuality? And do members have social support are we close enough to have that kind of support if, if we are facing uh, a sexual issue? And then how well do parents care for the children's sexuality development? And the last one on values, do we face challenges to a biblical value? How do we deal with that? Do we ourselves have a proper biblical worldview? And how do members use this worldview in making decisions? And are members prepared to engage non-believers and the society at large in social issues? And we actually tell people what a biblical worldview is. So this is the whole life inventory. It's going to be quite complicated. I think you're probably going to be answering like 100 questions or something online. And we want to encourage everyone uh, to do it. I know doing survey, I've been told not to say the word survey by focus on the family, but it is a survey. I just did one, okay? Uh, a survey of Christians in, in Singapore. I, need, I think it was started by Benny Ho, but uh, something appeared in my post box and I did it. I did it halfway and then I gave up. And then I thought, yeah, I, I should help, right? So I finished it. And uh, 
Then I got $15 NTUC voucher. <laughs> That's why I finished it. <laughs> but in church, no vouchers. No vouchers. Uh, so please uh, cooperate and try and do it. So, so far, it's been implemented in, across 12 churches in Singapore, and 7,600 people have taken up uh, this survey already done. So we do have some global data that we can compare ourselves. Uh, the, the one brethren church that has done it is uh, Pasiris Mission Church, uh, Cal- uh, Calvary Baptist, Hakka Methodist, Prince of Street Presbyterian. And so we're going to be joining this. Uh, e- Let me jump the gun a little bit, okay? Based on the 7,600 people who have already done it, what are some of the pilot findings? I think you'll be interested to know. And then we can see where we are also. One in four Christian parents have never prayed or worshipped together with their children. I, I find this very surprising data. Okay? Maybe by the time they incorporate PPH data, it will be very different. <laughs> I cannot be. Uh, I mean, we are like, I don't know how many people would, maybe 400 might take part in this, uh, this, this whole life inventory. Uh, I don't think we can influence 7,600 so much. 52% of the respondents in this uh, whole life inventory say they keep thinking about what the direction in life is, meaning that they're not sure. Other findings? 30% of Christians have viewed pornography at least once in the last six months. So it is a current thing that it continues to be a problem. So how is the church helping? How is your cell group and how are your Christians uh, around you helping? And then this statement, I would go overseas with my boyfriend or my girlfriend alone as a couple, even if we could face sexual temptations with each other. And 54% of those who are dating or those who are engaged agreed with this statement. Again, something surprising. Even though I know that sexual temptation is hit, I still go. 54%. Um, Last one. This statement. It is okay for people to pursue a course of study that leads to a lucrative career even if it is not in their area of interest or calling. And 46% of youth agreed with this statement. So is your worldview is about money. Success equals money. And it doesn't matter that, uh, that it's not your interest or your calling, but money first. So some surprising data. And let's see where PPH in this and what kind of teaching and nurturing we ought to be providing in this church. So the five pillars on faith, um, uh, identity, relationship, sexuality, and, and values. Uh, hope that we get a better understanding of ourselves and of this church at large. And one of the things that will also help a lot, I think, is that, by the way, we will get better demographic uh, data of the age. and all. The numbers that I gave you are all very rough. And I hope we can get much, much better demographic data. And that will be a big help to leaders and to members in planning. So this is one initiative. We will launch it on the 19th of February, coming up soon. But people always ask me at the beginning of the year, so what is the focus for PPH in 2017? And I never get tired of saying it's evergreen. It's always the same, right? That uh, whether we have a whole life inventory or not, our purpose is always the same. And that is to, to glorify God, to give God glory, to magnify God by doing two things, by obeying one, the greatest commandment, right? Which is to Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, Matthew 22. And the second item of obedience is to obey the Great Commission, to go into the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and 
to teach them everything that Jesus has commanded. So these two commandments is, is, is evergreen. Every year, the same. And from these two commandments, we distill down to something easier to remember, uh, and those are the five the M's. Okay? It operates at the macro PPH church level, it operates at your cell group level, and all the more, it operates at the me level, yourself. What is what are you doing with, in terms of commitment to a church membership, of, of growing in spiritual maturity, the second M, of ministering, of serving in the third M, and of reaching out to the lost in missions in the fourth M. And all these things combine to magnify, to glorify God. So it's, it's just a balanced view of discipleship and spiritual maturity. As disciples, as Christ followers, we grow in the fruit of the Spirit. That's how we assess ourselves in spiritual maturity. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, da-da-da-da-da, until self-control, remember that? That's how we assess our own spiritual maturity. And when you are mature, you will serve, you want to help somebody, you will want to minister, you want to reach the lost, you want to make disciples, and all these things combine to glorify God. And each M reinforces the other. Sometimes, for certain people, if like, you're not very spiritually mature, uh, then, then you won't serve at all. You won't even think about serving. But there is a verse in the Bible that also tells you that just go out and serve, right? When you serve, you will see that, oh my goodness, I need God. And then God helps you. And then you grow in maturity as a result. And even though you feel like you're very immature and weak to reach out to somebody with the gospel, but once you get in there, ask God for help, then it reinforces. So I would say that all these five M's reinforces uh, one another. So coming back to this diagram, what resources do we have to build the church, to make disciples, to ensure our own spiritual maturity enough to fulfill the five M's? It's prayer, it's mature, maturity, and it's in finances. And I made this statement in my um, sermon script and I showed it to somebody asking for feedback. So I said, this year will be a difficult year of difficult undertakings. And so the response I, I got from showing it to somebody, and he came back and said, wow, hey, don't use the word difficult so many times. <laughs> you know, it's very discouraging. Uh, it's not very positive. Uh, okay, so change. No difficult this year. Challenging. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> challenging. And the first challenge, the first challenging difficult... Uh, undertaking is, is prayer, right? To me, like, prayer is a very low-hanging fruit, right? The first thing you do must reach out and, and pray and pray that PPH will achieve its 5M uh, purpose, pray that our growth will be more than 2%, that slight growth that is neither here nor there. Pray especially for Cool Club and for youth ministry, for Lao Gen, because they, they look weak here, we need to have this kind of pyramid, but we don't have. So pray. And although I say that prayer is like a, a low-hanging fruit, but we give up after a while, right? This week, we're going to have Monday prayer meeting, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, it's not going on forever, but, but we give up after a while. And we must not. Let's persevere in prayer for me, for cell group, for the church. I'll talk more about the second resource of mature Christians later, but the third one I can dismiss very quickly is finance. Finance has never been a problem uh, for PPH as long as I've been 
in this church, um, once we, 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 we sell or we communicate a vision, we always get the resources to do what we want to do. So we just need to pray for more creativity. Because I've been thinking like, oh, now youth ministry, I double the budget. Huh? You know, double the budget. But how to double the budget? You know, what, what creative means do we have for, for pushing more finance at it? And that's where we need discernment and wisdom for God. So we need to find creative means to make disciples, whether it be in programs or it be in people. And we are still looking out for a full-time a children's pastor, which I think would be very necessary for us. So now coming back to committed, mature Christians. 2% growth. Immediately we know that one of our weak areas is in personal evangelism. And so a very important, challenging undertaking this year will be evangelism explosion. Some of you will know of this program that's been going on for many years. And every time I read about this program, uh, it's, it's always positive. Every church who's done it comes out uh, very well. So we want to see through this program called Evangelism Explosion a, a new motivation in our relationships with, with non-believers. It starts there. It's not a program of tools to evangelize. It's, it starts with a new motivation for love and compassion for our friends who do not yet know Christ. And so we want to embark on this church-wide uh, effort, uh, which will start on the 10th of May, Visak Day, with a full-day seminar. Okay, how many of you are going to come here for a full-day difficult seminar? You are up to the challenge, right? So difficult we don't do, challenging we do. And then it continues with five further sessions of two and a half hours each. And then it continues with another four sessions of what is called OJT, on-the-job training. That means you actually go out and talk to your friends what you have learned about the gospel. Okay. My flesh tells me this is too much to ask from, from our PPH people. Too much to ask. Um, but yet, something else tells me not so. Not so. That in fact, PPH is ready for this challenge. Then the more difficult the undertaking, the more we will thrive on it. So prove me right, please. We need, we need a, a touch from the Lord. We need a fresh impetus for evangelism and for an explosion in evangelism. It's, it's about obeying the Great Commission, right? Our purpose is about sincerely caring for lost people in our network of relationships, a classmate, a friend, a colleague, a, a relative. It's about building and deepening that relationship enough for us to talk about what is truly meaningful in life, about eternity. It's about bearing witness for Christ, whether you talk or you witness through love and kind deeds. It's about being equipped to more effectively share the gospel and eventually to motivate and to train somebody else. And if that grows, then that's why it's called evangelism explosion because there is that potential for exponential growth. What I'd like us to have is to experience the kind of joy that comes out when you, when you carry like this a 12-hour-old baby. And I'm looking forward to another one very, very soon, right? Uh, it's, it's amazing. This is, this is Caleb Guola uh, from uh, Pastor Wu Xia and her husband Barry. I mean, once the baby comes out, it's like, what difficulty? What challenge? They're forgotten already. 
the, the mere joy of having new life uh, and carrying that newborn baby, it just outweighs all the difficulties you've ever had in the past. It's also the same kind of joy in a spiritual way uh, that I had on, um, a few weeks ago to lead this 88-year-old uh, woman to Christ and then to see the peace that filled her heart and the joy that overflows uh, to the family. I mean, I just think of a God who would wait 88 years for this woman who's really a tough woman, okay? She was a uh, widow at 39 with six children. She brought all of them up, all of them happily married. Many are Christians now who then uh, witness to her. And, and 88 years old, uh, God is waiting and waiting for this person to ask for forgiveness. And finally, she did it with me and, and salvation entered her home. And I came across this verse recently, Psalm 130, verse 7. Hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption. With the Lord, I mean, no matter what bad things or how long you've cursed God, there is plentiful redemption. Anything that's bad can be redeemed and, and made good. How do I know that she actually did respond in faith and not because of pressure from, from me or, or, or the children? You know, soon as we prayed together to receive Christ, and she said, I mean, I accept. Yes, I accept. Then when she opened her eyes, she asked me, Can I eat pork? She asked me. That was the first question she asked me as a Christian. So I said, of course you can eat pork, you know. Uh, our God is gracious. You don't, don't have to do anything to earn the, the salvation that you have now received. Because God has given you everything uh, for your enjoyment. So, I know that she was prepared to give up eating pork. Yeah, this will be my test question next time. Every time I, I, I pray with somebody to receive Christ, uh, can you give up durian? <laughs> but it's just, just amazing. It brought so much joy. So much joy. And following the evangelism explosion, and I really hope that there will be an explosion in PPH, uh, we will do uh, an English Alpha course. Okay, our Chinese assembly have done it for years and years and years. And every time I think about it for the English assembly, it's like, wow, who is going to come? Uh? Who's going to come for, I don't know, eight, nine sessions and, and, and all that? But hey, but let's, let's go, man. Uh, I mean, the education minister said we need to chong. So we must chong, okay? And get this alpha course uh, done. And, and who knows what the people the Lord may lead among our friends to commit to an alpha course. Okay, this year also, I hope that we can get this thing going to open up a second center of witness in Tepan Gardens. I remember my, my first sermon last year was the same thing. We talked about this, but nothing, uh, not very much progress. It will still be in Block 50, and at least now we are a little bit clearer. We, we, we think we want to start, uh, and we are encouraged too by the communities to, to start an after-school care uh, for primary school children. So they finish school like 2 o'clock, they come, we take care of them until 7 o'clock. At the same time, we're also looking around the secondary school uh, around us. The closest one is uh, Commonwealth uh, Secondary School. I've been told that it's a good school. I've also been told that every school is a good school. <laughs> so this is a good school. And we want to find a way to reach uh, this school. And, and if not, then maybe a little bit further, we have Tangling Secondary School. So let's be praying. Pray for divine appointments. Pray for discernment. Do we now... Like in the old days, just walk up to the principal, knock, knock. 
hey, uh, I'm here to help. And then we get shown the door, please go, we don't need you. Or, or whatever, just the right timing, the right person to, to call. And, and I hope that many will respond out of the after-school care, out of our whatever outreach effort we, we can make uh, into the secondary school. And then it will feed our, our demographics <laughs> in the cool club and in the YM so that we will have this wide pyramid base uh, of, of, of young people. Okay, let me share with you another initiative for, for this year. And, and this is at a very personal level. Um, I want all of us to be able, whether you're young or old, to answer these five questions. The first one, what makes each day meaningful? What gives my life purpose? So some of us may be thinking about, yeah, it's meaningful when I am with my loved ones. That's really important. It's meaningful when I'm able to be independent. Uh, when I can help the less fortunate, there is some meaning to my life. Second question, what can I not live without? What matters to me? Siu yok. Pork. Or durian. I mean, it's like, again, we're talking about maybe independence. I cannot live if I'm a, a, a vegetable or I don't have a means to contribute to, to something. What can I not live without? I cannot live without good food. Huh? I'm a live-to-eat type or I'm a eat-to-live type. Third question, who, what or who helps me face serious challenges in my life? I mean, the ability to be able to converse with my loved ones and, and my religion is my religion and my religious affiliations that gives me strength. What helps me to face serious challenges in life? Fourth question is, have I experienced the death or near death of my loved ones? And what have I learned from that experience? Um, it's like, what I've learned is like, life cannot just end at death. It, it goes again against every cell in my body that a human being just dies and then you get burned up and, and that's, that's it. What have I learned? Uh, that, that, wow, while life may be long or short, I've I got to do something useful with my life. Or, or what is it? And, and my wife once told me, um, I don't care, man. I'm going to keep you alive at all costs. <laughs> oh, I don't want, I don't want. You know, what is it about death? And the last question, the fifth one is, the, what are the most important aspects of your, my well-being, whether physical or mental? Again, it's about Ability to connect with loved ones, uh, to eat together with them, to touch, to hug your family. It's about maybe the ability to read, uh, to have your sight to read or to listen to books and, and for mental stimulation. Otherwise, you get bored, stiff and all that. So all these are very important issues to, to consider, uh, whether you're young or you're old. And the question is, have we thought through it? Because one day, you may not have this ability you may, even at a very young age, uh, get a stroke or, or something or a brain tumour. Um, does anybody know how you think about it? So now my wife knows that please don't keep me alive at all costs. Okay? And, and have you discussed it with your loved ones? So, did these questions come from a Christian counselling guide? Uh, did these questions come from a disi Christian discipleship 
uh, training manual that I, I picked up. Oh, no, it came from a government-published workbook from the Ministry of Health. It's called ACP. It's called Advanced Care Planning. And ACP is the process of planning for your future health and personal care, and where you share your personal values, your beliefs, your goals uh, for, for care for, with your loved ones and with healthcare providers where you explore healthcare prefer preferences in difficult medical conditions, um, including the end-of-life uh, circumstances. And then you select a person to be your voice if you are unable to speak for yourself, if you are demented or dementia or, or whatever. So this is ACP. And, and not only is this useful for us personally, but now we have this officially government-sanctioned tool to help our friends to enter into such conversations with our friends and even in the Teban Gardens uh, community. So what we're going to do is we want to start training, first of all, all our full-time staff, pastors and those working in CSC, whom I call community pastors, to be ACP facilitators. So they are officially accredited as ACP facilitators where we can enter into these conversations with uh, someone and have their wishes lodged in a computerized MOH system. Okay, it goes as far as that, so that the healthcare providers know how to give best healthcare to you that is your preference. And then we want to train all PPH members and especially all cappers. I just went and did a, did a check. Uh, regularly, we have about 160 people uh, go on capping with us. Capping, for those who don't know, is uh, four times a year we go out into the Teban Gardens community and we knock on doors and we invite them to something, we give them a, a gift to bless them. We have 160 every time we go out there. And I wish this number were bigger, big enough to cover the whole estate one day, but at least bigger, okay? And not 2% bigger, okay? Maybe 20%, 50% bigger, okay? Uh, I'm straying. Then we... We, we want to train all cappers and OPPH members to, in a course that is called ACP Advocacy, so that you become an advocate, so that you can go around your friends and you can go around Teban Gardens in our capping and advocate. Hey, have you heard of ACP? Would you like to enter into such a, a conversation? It's for your own good. Uh, we can even have your wishes lodged uh, with the government, or if you don't want, we can at least just talk through it. And when a resident is ready or a friend is ready to talk about this, then we can introduce them to our trained facilitators who can go through this uh, with them. And I believe that inevitably, you must talk about the eternal, right? All these kind of questions, you cannot just be talking about end of this life. You've got to be talking about life after death and what it means. And then it will be a natural way for us to talk about Christ if they want to. So, God has set eternity in the hearts of men, Ecclesiastes 3.11. It, it is so. Once you begin to tackle this question seriously, of course, some people will say, no, la, die, die, la. No, there will be such people. But when you're willing to tackle this seriously, I think, I think it's a natural way for us to talk about eternity. Um, it's like the, there's this story of... Uh, a man and his wife were considering these ACP questions um, and they were sitting in the living room at the sofa and, and after a long time of discussion and thinking, so this man finally told the wife, uh, dear, 
never, never let me die in a vegetative uh, or live in a vegetative state. That I'm totally dependent on machines and on liquid that is feeding me from a bottle. You know? If I ever get into that state, I want you to disconnect all the connections that is keeping me alive and, and I'd much rather die. So the wife turned to her husband, who's never really talked about this kind of issues, and with a new feeling of respect and admiration for, for the husband. So she got up from her sofa, she turned off the cable TV, disconnected the cable TV, disconnected the computer, disconnected the cell phone, disconnected the Xbox, then she went to the fridge, she took out all the bottles of whiskey and beer and poured it all away. Get it, right? You're talking about... Okay, it's, it's just... No moral to this, no moral to this. Some, somebody suggested that, oh, be careful what you tell the people, your wife, or people opposite sex, because they think very differently. So when I told my wife, ah, disconnect me, ah. But I got no whiskey. Anyway, so looking forward, looking forward, um, we can expect the whole life inventory, right? I think it's about like 100 questions. We're going to do it online. And those who don't have computers, we'll provide it in the church for you to do it. Uh, 10th of February. It's about evangelism explosion. Uh, May, no, so 12th February, 10th of May. Uh, and then following up with an alpha course in July. And it's about ACP training and conversations. First, go through it yourself. Figure it out for yourself. Talk to your loved ones about it and then be prepared to talk to somebody about this. So, a few initiatives this year. Now, who can decipher this? What does it say? Three bags full. Okay, very good. Baba, black sheep, have you any wool? Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. Okay, who can decipher this? Three bags full. <laughs> and, but if it's only about shopping, three bags full, then it'll be like this, okay? Three bags full. God says, you fool. And um, I'm referring to Elder Edwin Chua's very, very excellent sermon last Sunday, okay? If you have not heard it, then please download what I call this very excellent and very important non-sermonette. Sermonette means short sermon, right? Okay? I call it a non-sermonette because it was 45, 41 minutes long. I checked. Seven here, 41 minutes long. Um, he lied to me. <laughs> we, at first, we allocated him 10 minutes. Then, as a lawyer, he conducted his lawyerly negotiations, so we upped it to 20 minutes. But even at 20 minutes, I knew he was going to lie to me. It ended up at 41 minutes. And in that 41 minutes, he told us, that all of us have 8,760 hours that comes in packages. It comes in 365 packages. And if you had listened carefully to Edwin for 41 minutes last Sunday, you would have filled all three bags. Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags, full, F-U-L-L. And don't end up as a fool, F-O-O-L. So the first bag uh, he talked about is about meeting current needs and appetites. about consumption and spending. And for that, we need to be prudent in how we spend our time in how we spend our money. The second bag that he talked about, by the way, he used boxes, but I thought bags easier. Lah. Now you, all of you can remember. Yes, sir, yes, sir, three bags full. Right? So the second bag is about saving for the future. And we need wisdom in conserving resources 
to meet future needs. The third bag is about sowing for eternity. But very often, and really more often than not, we may not end up being the ones, at least in earthly life, to reap what we sow, or even to see any results. You know, I think of the children and the nephews and nieces of that 88-year-old, how they have sowed in faith for many years, just witnessing her and loving her and talking to her about faith. And then this joker comes along and... <laughs> And, and just leads her to Christ. And I haven't seen her for like, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, and although I knew her previously, and just, I, I reap whatever they have sowed, but we must remain steadfast, right? Uh, Edwin mentioned this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, therefore be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. And I think, the nieces and nephews and children have found that to be true. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap. The season could be earthly life. The season could be beyond death. We will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, the 88-year-old lady died eight, eight days after I prayed with her to receive Christ. And at the funeral, one of the nephews told me, not about this lady, but said, oh, no, we have another uncle. And he was in a coma. But we continue to pray and we talk to him and we read scriptures to him, we sing to him. The doctors say that you might as well pull out everything. Okay, he's not going to make it, he's old. But he woke up. He woke up and he woke up he was able to talk. He was able to sit up in bed. And then he told the relatives, I want to receive Christ. So they asked him, why? What happened? What happened in the coma? I said, while I was in the coma, I had a dream that I met Jesus. And so I want to believe in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that God will reach out to a man in the midst of a, a coma and the, and the relatives continue sowing and sowing and praying and speaking to, to this man. So we sow. How do we sow? We sow in faith as Edwin tells us. Faith that our labor, whether it be of time or of money, is not in vain and that will, there will be a reaping in due season. If not on earth, then in heaven. But I think that even as we look at spending and saving, there can also be an element of, of sowing, uh, even in the first two bags, and we can align them to sowing. Let me introduce the verse here in spending, in Isaiah 58, verse 10, if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. So spend, spend that, I do not know how much time on the whole life inventory when it comes about on the 19th of, of uh, February. Spend your time to be trained in evangelism explosion starting on the 10th of May on Visak Day and the many more hours after that in OJT and all that. Spend your time learning about the ACP. In fact, you can just download the whole workbook and you can go through those questions in your mind right now. Spend that more time in, in being trained and then in advocating the ACP. Spend your time going capping with us to introduce the ACP. The second bag, saving. And I have a verse there also in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. To the weak I became weak, 
that I might win the week. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. This is not about saving money, although saving money is a good thing, right? So some people like to say, by all means save some, by all means save some money. But we're talking about saving lives, saving lives. So we need to waste time. As Edwin told us, we need to waste time by being with people, spending time with people, especially in the times of need. You know, I've just been thinking, like if we don't visit our colleagues or our friends uh, when they're sick or when their parents or loved ones are sick, why would they want to visit us when we invite them for Easter or Christmas? Why would they? You don't have a relationship. You have not shown any care. You have not shown compassion or love. Why would they come? So it's about sowing, wasting time, loving, having compassion, and making your three bags full and not become a three bags, F-O-O-L. And then a verse about sowing, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your fellow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord that He may come and rain righteousness upon you. Now, sowing, although we are all here non-farmers, but before you sow, you need to break up the ground, the fallow ground. What is fallow? The heart. The heart is hardened. It could be an untouched ground for God, the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing we need to deal with. So we need to turn to God this new year. And don't ever, ever do anything without turning to Him in prayer. That He might break up this hardened heart of ours and then He will rain righteousness on us and help us to do what is right, help us to do what is righteous. And then when you do that right or that righteous thing that God helps us with, then it is something that you have sown for eternity. You may reap it in this life or you may reap it in due season, in life after death. So at the end of this 27, we can then look back. How do we look back? We can look back as we did last week. We look back, we thank God. We thank God for His grace. We thank God for His mercies. We thank God that, that we have a God who waits patiently 88 years for somebody who's rejected Him all this time. We thank God that, that He reaches out to this thief on, on a cross. A thief crucified next to Jesus who probably hasn't done any good in his life and who very likely never ever offered up a word of praise or thanks to God, but that Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, His love endures forever. So we look back, we thank God, we look forward and we obey God. What do we obey God in? Very simple, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your neighbour as yourself. The second greatest, the great commission to make disciples, that there be an explosion of evangelism and to teach everyone by your lifestyle, by your words, by Bible study, to obey everything that God has commanded. So we look back, we look forward, now we look around, look around us. Where are there needs? And we serve God. We waste more time. We sow righteousness. And lastly, all these difficult things that we have to do, these challenging challenging things, we look up and we trust God. It's going to be difficult, it's going to be challenging, but we look up, we trust God, we make that commitment first, and then we trust that the Lord will enable us.
And we now invite the musicians to come and help us with the closing song. And, and for the rest of us, just to ponder uh, a little bit whatever difficult things we have before us, trust God. So often at the end of the year, we look back and see, oh, we know why. For most of life's difficulties, we know why. But at the start of the year, we look up and we trust God that He will journey with us. And so this song is going to help us to, to light the fire that once burned bright and clear that our first love that we will now enter 2017 with a burning heart burning with the love of God. We take His word and we shine it all around. Live out that word. Let's stand off it and use this song as a prayer before the Lord.
purpose is, is evergreen. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and to love the neighbor as yourself. To go and make disciples, teaching them everything that the Lord has commanded. I want to introduce another evergreen practice in, in PPH. You know, uh, it's about prayer for healing. That's where it comes up close and personal. We don't have to wait for the first Wednesday of every month to, to be prayed for. So let every service, every end of service, every altar call be one where we can just freely come forward to be prayed for yourself or in proxy for someone. So let that be an evergreen thing. I don't have to announce it every time. So love God, love neighbor as yourself, spread the word, pray healing for yourself, pray for healing for a loved one. So today, would you declare with me that you are willing, you are willing to look forward and obey God in the greatest commandment and in the great commission. I am willing to look around and where there is a need to meet that need to serve God to all this I look up and trust God to look forward to obey God to look around and serve God to look up and trust God let's pray together let me encourage you to make commitments early in life early in the year before the Lord in faith to sow your life what is right what is righteous we encourage you also if there is a need for healing prayer then also come forward but I'll close in prayer now and if you need prayer continue to come forward we'll be very happy to pray together with you God we thank you that as we look back we can always give thanks. Things become clearer. That which was in turmoil in the past, very often we, we see your hand at work and we can give you thanks. But there are still many uncertainties moving forward. And for that, we look up and we trust you. Maker of heaven and earth, Lord of all grace, we trust you for the year ahead we want to look forward to to obey you help me to love you help me to love my neighbor as myself and help me to spread the word all around in word and in deed and we look around with the eyes of love and compassion we want to meet a need serve someone waste more time in doing so so thank you Lord for hearing our prayers would you just gird us now by the power of your Holy Spirit strengthen our resolve show us the grace the enabling that we can we know it can only come from God the Holy Spirit because it is it's just not in us we are weak but you are strong so strengthen us for the year ahead. I 
I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.